0: Dinosaurs, aliens, lost civilizations, giant bees, and time travel are just a handful of themes you'll find in the lost world. All this and much, much more coming up on this retro episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates and explores complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 51. Welcome back to the show and welcome to the first episode of 2021 and season 3 of Lasers and Lockets. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. News. I am working on getting my Twitch set up all ready but realized my poor little gaming computer couldn't quite handle the Twitch streaming yet. So I'm looking at some alternatives to help me get my rig up and running quickly. Thanks so much for your patience while I do that. Until then, we'll be hosting our standard episodes as usual every two weeks. In the world of nerdy news, a lot of our favorite CW shows are back, including Batwoman, Legacies, Charmed, Nancy Drew, and the new Superman and Lois. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch that one. Um, I'm a little bit DC'd out, I think. (laughs) But if you guys watch it and you find it to be interesting, you think it's something I should check out, just let me know. You can always tweet me on Twitter or catch us on our Discord channel. I am so excited about the new seasons of these shows, though, and getting back into some fun TV series. All right, let's get on with the show. I am beyond excited about this episode. Tonight we're going for a retro review and discussion about the 1999 Canadian, Australian, and American sci-fi series The Lost World. Very loosely based on the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle book by the same name. The series follows a group of adventurers who set out to South America in search of a lost plateau where untouched civilizations, extinct animals, plants, and creatures may still exist. When their hot air balloon crashes on the plateau, they're befriended by a young woman who takes them in and allows them to live in her what I can only describe as a magnificent treehouse. They spend the next three years attempting to find a way off the plateau, though their efforts on that front sort of diminish as the series goes on. But the series was canceled in a massive cliffhanger at the end of season three. So, spoiler alert, their, quote, desperate search to find a way off the plateau never actually comes to fruition. But oddly enough, and maybe because so many years have passed, I mean, it's been about 20 years since the show has ended, Uh, or maybe the fact that the producers shared how they were going to wrap everything up with season four. Uh, The cliffhanger doesn't bother me the way that it did when I was a kid, and it doesn't take away from the fun of the series, and I, I think it's still a series worth watching, even if you know that it doesn't actually end particularly well. The series was one of the three original series that started my love of sci-fi and fantasy. I loved the outlandish storylines and the characters, and I'm fairly certain I convinced my sisters to watch it with me after school. Admittedly, I'm pretty sure I only ever saw the first and second seasons. The third season was completely new to me, and I did not remember much of it in the rewatch, so that was actually pretty fun. The series is gloriously cheesy, but in this rewatch, I also realized it was surprisingly progressive for the time, and the female characters were strong, and very rarely fell into that damsel-in-distress trope. The two female leads on this series are polar opposites, but I love them both in their own ways. Tonight's episode, we're going to discuss and explore the secretive and ever-confusing Marguerite Crewe the young, innocent, and resourceful Veronica Layton, and the definition of a latecomer, Finn. Let's go ahead and get started with Marguerite Crewe. And you know what? I have never learned how to say her name because they say it differently. The actors themselves say it differently. Some say Marguerite. Some say Marguerite. I, I have no idea. But anyway... Side note, uh, Marguerite Crewe was played by Australian actor Rachel Blakely. And Rachel Blakely is probably best known, other than The Lost World, for her role on the Australian soap opera neighbours. Marguerite Crewe is introduced to us as the wealthy and mysterious financer of the Challenger expedition. See, George Challenger. Uh, is tasked with taking a group to South America to discover this plateau. He had discovered some journals, I believe, back in London, and he wanted to prove that there is existence of things like dinosaurs still. And so Summerlee, another professor who's quite a bit older than Challenger, um, decides to tag along because, or he is selected to tag along, I should say, uh, in order to prove Challenger wrong. Uh, And then Lord John Roxton is brought in, uh, kind of as the muscle of the team. And Malone, Ned Malone, uh, is brought in as the reporter so that he can write the story and bring it back. And then Marguerite comes in as the financer of it because they just didn't have the money uh, to do it, so pretty interesting. So she comes in as the financer. And I've never been quite able to figure out how, how old Marguerite is supposed to be. I was thinking maybe in her mid-30s, maybe mid to late 30s, maybe early 40s. It's hard to tell. Um, she's she's lived a life. The life that she has lived is wild. Uh, you learn little bits of it throughout the series, and I and I love the little tidbits that they tried to work in throughout. At first, I was not entirely certain that I would like Marguerite as a character. She seemed a bit uh what's the word like stuck up um unwilling to get dirty i I don't know, but it is rapidly disproved when she whips out a gun and saves some of the men on the Challenger expedition right in the first couple of episodes. Marguerite is as a whole, a really refreshing character to me. I couldn't relate to her when I was a teen, uh, but as an adult, I find her to be rather intriguing. Marguerite is experienced and clever and untrusting and calculating, and she is always working some sort of angle. You're pretty sure she's always out for herself, really. And those qualities, while some may find them undesirable, they've kept her alive all this time and they get the group out of a number of scraps around the plateau. While you spend much of season one and two not entirely certain whether Marguerite is going to just up and leave them on the plateau or backstab somebody, you start to see her softer side as the series goes on. While she has this tough, cold, secure facade you learn that she has deep scars she's not as self-assured as she may seem and in fact she probably hates herself a little bit marguerite is very guarded about her childhood there are a few times when roxton asks her about her childhood and she becomes very standoffish about it she's scared to let people in luckily roxton is patient Super, super patient. He teaches her that she can trust somebody uh, to care about her as a person and have her best interests at heart. And he shows her that she is most definitely lovable. There's a pretty powerful point in season three when Veronica confronts Mar- Marguerite after she makes it back from a balloon accident. Veronica starts, Did you even care that I was gone? Or did you just figure I was dead and rearrange the furniture? and Marguerite replies, go away. And Veronica says, did you know? I used to look up to you, admire you, but I really don't know why when all you'd care about is you, and she walks away. It makes Marguerite think about things for a while, and she realizes that she really does love Veronica as well. So from that point forward, there is a marked change in Marguerite's behavior toward Veronica and the others. There's a a pretty awesome quote. There's a sort of a lizard person um, named Tribune that you see in seasons one and two. And I so hoped that he would show up in season three, but apparently they were done with his storyline. But Tribune talking about Marguerite says, that woman's resourcefulness is an inspiration to us all. And it's so true. Marguerite figures out her way her way out of so many scraps on the plateau. And you can you learn about the ways that she works herself out of other situations back in her past too. And resourcefulness is an excellent way to put that. One thing that I found super interesting about Marguerite is that she uses her sexuality like a weapon sometimes, and sometimes as a very skilled tool. I'm actually really impressed with the way that the writers wrote her and the way that she played the character as well. Uh, They didn't shame her for having desires and being in control of her body. And I deeply appreciated that. And that may be part of the reason why I found the series so intriguing as a youth, is that these were these powerful women who were in control of their own bodies and they weren't being shamed for it. And I really appreciate that now as an adult even more. Marguerite is courageous, but she's also guarded, like I mentioned before. She hates, I think, what she had to do to become a survivor. And we never really learn what did happen to her in her childhood, but I always kind of hoped we would in season four. One thing that I just really loved about Roxton is that he was, like I mentioned before, so patient with her, but he also saw through her facade. When everybody else was kind of unsure about who Marguerite was as a person, Roxton saw through that. And there was a really great quote in season three when they're pretty close to death in a situation. And uh, Roxton says quote, you deserve much more than you allow yourself to have. And I think that was a really pivotal thing for her to hear from a person because her whole life she's had to fight to survive. And here's this person who loves her unconditionally for who she is. All the lies, all of the backstabbing, all of the things that she built up, to protect herself doesn't exist when it comes to Roxton and doesn't exist when it comes to people like Veronica and Finn and all of the other characters that are leads on the show. And I really love that, that they showed her growth through the, through the episodes in the seasons. Marguerite learns to let people in and rely on them for assistance. And that was a really huge thing for her uh, at that point. All right, let's go ahead and move along to talking about Veronica. We'll, of course, continue to talk about Marguerite throughout the episode because all of these stories you'll find intertwine, but let's move along to Veronica Leighton. Veronica Leighton is played by American actress and now photographer and also podcaster Jennifer O'Dell. I actually really enjoy her podcast and it's not a surprise Uh, and I'll drop a link to it in the show notes if I can find it, uh, so that you can check it out too. It's a really interesting podcast and it's all about inspiring people. And, uh, I, I just found it really a a powerful show to listen to. I like to listen to it while I'm working sometimes. I love, I I love, uh, rediscovering actors after 20 years and seeing who they are now, uh, I'm so glad to see the woman that Jennifer O'Dell has become over the years. And that feels funny to say because she's a few few years older than me. Well, more like maybe like 10 or 11 years older than me. But it warms my heart to see who she is now uh, and who she was then and who she is now. I always adored her uh, as a teenager and I still do as an adult. And that's that's a big deal. A lot of times we become a little bit jaded over the years, or we, uh, we f- figure out that our childhood heroes are not really heroes at all. Um, but in the case of Jennifer O'Dell, I find her to be a really incredibly cool person. Uh, so in stark contrast to Marguerite as a character, Veronica is, like I said before at the beginning, a polar opposite Veronica is an innocent young adult. I think I figured out she was around 21-ish in season one of the show. And she's been alone on the plateau for 11 years after her parents disappeared. You're going to learn a lot more about that in season three. So I'll try not to spoil that too much. But she's been trying to survive and thrive and find her parents ever since that uh, point when they disappeared. Unlike Marguerite who is very aware of her attractiveness, Veronica is seemingly unaware of her beauty, and that gives her this really carefree uh, characterization, which I absolutely adore. While she's learned she has to trust to a point in order to survive, she does not trust everyone, and her instincts are finely tuned. As an adult now, and as somebody who has significant trust issues a character like Veronica is helpful in that because you do have to trust people to a point in life. You can't just go around not trusting anyone or else you're, you're going to be alone the rest of your life. And Veronica is a character that is very hopeful in that sense um, and is a good example of what is healthy uh, when it comes to trust. Veronica is secure in who she is. And she's also good and kind and a hopeful human. And that's one of my favorite traits about her character, is how hopeful she is. Veronica won't sacrifice another person for her own reasons. She is really goodness personified on the plateau. And you learn a lot more about that too in season three. But Veronica will only kill if it's absolutely necessary. There's a point, I believe in season two, where she kind of gets after Roxton for killing for sport. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty powerful because Veronica is not somebody to kill for sport. She's only ever killed for necessity. And uh, at the end of season three, she is forced to kill somebody up close and personal. Um But she only did it because she had to in order to save Finn and to save the whole plateau, really. Beneath all of who Veronica is, though, she has a lot of trauma. And that's where these storylines start to intertwine with Marguerite and with Veronica. Because can you imagine what it must have been like for a girl of 11 being left alone without parents? She's taken in by the Amazons and by a couple of other tribes on the plateau, or at least one other tribe on the plateau, but it's, it must have been heartbreaking for her as a child, uh, always trying to find her parents and figure out what happened to them. She has a lot of repressed trauma too, from what happened to her parents, and we don't really learn about what it was until season three, so definitely take a look at that if you're if you're interested one thing that's really interesting about Veronica is because she has been alone so long because she hasn't really had a lot of interaction with adults um, necessarily she's unsure of her heart and what love really is and she's inexperienced Uh, and Marguerite Roxton and Challenger really help her to feel loved and to know what it what is and what isn't real love in season 3 there is an episode where she uh falls in love with a mad piano player pianist. Um and you just feel for her her little innocent heart uh falling for a person who is just pulling the wool over her eyes which is pretty sad but it's a really great storyline and I love the way that Challenger takes care of her after uh challenger really takes on sort of a parental role with veronica over the years and marguerite and roxton sort of take on a brotherly or sisterly role uh, to her which is really beautiful to me veronica is really the heart of the show and she is kind of the pivotal character of the series and i really wish that we'd had an opportunity to see her reach her full potential and see everything come full circle it would have been it would have been really cool All right, lastly, we're going to mosey along again into the definition of a series latecomer, Finn. Finn is played by Australian actress Lara Cox or Lara Clocks. Um, She's probably best known for her roles on the Australian soap Home and Away, but uh, she's also done a couple things here and there in the United States. Finn enters the series partway through season three in episode 15. Now, remember... Uh, There are 66 episodes total in, uh, in the whole series, and each season is 22 episodes, so this is really far into season three when she appears. But Challenger, Marguerite, and Roxton end up in 2033 in a time rift, and they find her there alone. Uh, Finn is an orphan living in a post-apocalyptic 2033 after a demon uh, causes humanity basically to destroy itself with atomic, chemical, and biological war. So uh, Challenger, Marguerite, and Roxton decide that they can't leave her alone in 2033 and they bring her back to 1922 with them. Finn is a young adult, uh, probably relatively similar in age to Veronica maybe like 18 or 19. Not really sure. But she is tough and smart and streetwise and humorous. She kind of brings an extra element of humor to the series, which I really enjoyed. In her time period in 2033, she watched everyone she ever loved die. And so she is a bit wary of losing Roxton and Marguerite and uh, in Challenger and then Definitely, Veronica, uh when Veronica returns a little bit later in the series, um so Veronica leaves for a few episodes in season three. I suspect it had to do with like Australian tax laws or whatever I don't really know um but that's why Ned had to leave, I believe is that because uh, he was an American actor, they couldn't quite work it all out, funding and whatnot, but uh, Veronica returns a little bit later in the series and. Finn and Veronica immediately become close Finn calls her V like nobody else calls her V I mean I always call her Ronnie but I don't know why I did maybe because of Andromeda but uh yeah Finn calls her V and they become super protective and close and I love the friendship that that develops between Finn and Veronica like it just seems so natural and I Again, wish that we could see that on screen in season four to finish it out and learn everything about Finn and, and who she is and whatnot. Uh in the in the spoilers from the producers, we do learn about who she is and it's pretty cool. Uh but anyway, I love the, the friendship between Veronica and Finn, and I love the physical physical closeness of Veronica and Finn too. There's this really like natural um, closeness that is between the two of them. And I really love the way that they, you know, like they hug each other and they're protective of each other. And I just, I really love that friendship. Um, and I love that they portrayed it on screen in such a really cool way. Cause both of these women are incredibly strong and powerful, but they also are, um, soft, if you will. <laughs> so I just, I really love that. Overall, the series held up 20 years later, I feel it was still as fun and quirky and action-packed, cheesy and full of heart as it was uh, back in 1999. I still wish that they could have ended it and wrapped it all up in a nice bow. But knowing how they were going to end it, I, I'm okay with that. And you darn well know that it sparked a bunch of fanfiction stories too. And it was remarkably more feminist and progressive than I thought of it as as a teen Uh, it teaches bravery, kindness, loyalty confidence um, love and hope I loved the intertwining storylines and how the characters ended up on the plateau for a reason Um, I loved the growth of the characters too and how they grew together as a family Uh, and I loved that the series showed that there are different kinds of families and this is just one of them If you're looking for something fun to watch in your evenings or while you're working from home or whatnot, uh, you can find the entire series on Amazon Prime in the U.S., so definitely give it a a view there. That brings us to the episode question, gentle listeners. What TV series from your childhood or youth have you rewatched and did you still love it after all these years? I cannot wait to hear your answers. Tweet them to us at laserslockets or join the conversation over on our Discord server. The link is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks for another episode. Until then, don't forget to arm your wind-powered electric fence. If a mad pianist appears out of thin air professing his undying love to you, it's a trap. And never ever step on a raptor egg unless you'd like to meet the mama. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right.